0: This is Chapter Fifteen, Book Three, of A Journey in Other Worlds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. A Journey in Other Worlds, Book Three, Chapter Fifteen, Mother Earth. There is something sad, said Cortland about the end of everything, but I am more sorry to leave Saturn than I have ever been in taking leave of any other place. When beyond the limits of the atmosphere they applied the full current and were soon once more cleaving the ether at cometary speed, their motion towards the sun being aided by that great body itself. They quickly passed beyond the outer edge of the vast silvery rings, and then crossed one after another the orbits of the moons, from the last of which, Lepidus, they obtained their final course in the direction of the earth. They had an acute feeling of homesickness for the mysterious planet on which, while yet mortal, they had found paradise and had communed with spirits as no modern men ever did. Without deviating from their almost straight line, they passed within a million miles of Jupiter, which had gained in its smaller orbit on Saturn, and a few days later crossed the track of Mars. As the earth had completed nearly half a revolution in its orbit since their departure, they here turned somewhat to the right by attracting the ruddy planet, in order to avoid passing too near the sun. "'On some future expedition,' said Errol, "'and when we have a supply of blue glasses, we can take a trip to Venus if we can find a possible season in her year. Compared with this journey it would be only like going round the block.'" Two days later they had rounded the sun and laid their course in pursuit of the earth. That the astronomers in the dark hemisphere were at their posts and saw them was evident, for a brilliant beam of light again flashed forth, this time from a point a little south of the Arctic Circle, and after shining one minute telegraphed this message, "Rejoiced to see you again! Hope all are well!' Since they were not sufficiently near the moon's shadow, they directed their light beam into their own, which trailed off on one side and answered, All well, thank you. Have wonderful things to relate. The men at the telescopes then, as before, read the message and telephoned the light this next question. When are you coming down, that we may notify the newspapers? We wish one more sight of the earth from this height by daylight. We are now swinging to get between it and the sun. We have erected a monument in Van Cortlandt Park and engraved upon it, at this place, James Bearwarden, Henry Chelmsford Cortland, and Richard Rokeby Ayrault left Earth, December 21, A.D. 2000, to visit Jupiter. Add to it, they returned on the 10th of the following June. Soon the Callisto came nearly between the earth and the sun, when the astronomers could see it only through darkened glasses and it appeared almost as a crescent. The sight the travelers then beheld was superb. It was about eleven a.m. in London, and Europe was spread before them like a map. All its peninsulas and islands, enclosed blue seas and bays came out in clear relief. Gradually Russia, Germany, France, the British Isles, and Spain moved towards the horizon as in grand procession, and at the same time the western hemisphere appeared. The hour of day at the longitude above which they hung was about the same as when they set out, but the sun shone far more directly upon the northern hemisphere than then, and instead of bleak December this was the leafy month of June. They were loath to end the lovely scene, and would fain have remained where they were while the earth revolved again, but, remembering that their friends must by this time be waiting, they shut off the repulsion from the earth. "'We need not apply the Apergy to the earth until quite near,' said Errol, "'since a great part of the top speed will be taken off by the resistance of the atmosphere, especially as we go in base first we have only to keep a sufficiently strong repulsion on the dome to prevent our turning over and to see that our speed is not great enough to heat the car." When about fifty miles from the surface they felt the expected check, and concluded they had reached the upper limits of the atmosphere, and this increased notwithstanding the decrease in their speed, showing how quickly the air became dense when about a mile from the earth they had the Callisto well in hand and allowed it to descend slowly. The ground was already black with people, who, having learned where the Callisto was to touch, had hastened to Van Cortlandt Park. "'I am overjoyed to see you,' said Sylvia when she and Errol met. "'I had the most dreadful presentiment that something had gone wrong with you. One afternoon and evening I was so perplexed, and during the night had a series of nightmares that I shall never forget. I really believed you were near me, but your nature seemed to have changed, for instead of its making me happy I was frightfully distressed. The next day I was very ill and unable to get up, but during the morning I fell asleep and had another dream which was intensely realistic and made me believe yes convinced me that you were well after that dream i soon recovered but oh the anguish of the first errol did not tell her then that he had been near her and of his unspeakable suffering of which hers had been but the echo three weeks later a clergyman tied the knot that was to unite them forever While Sylvia and Eralt were standing up to receive the congratulations of their friends, Bearwarden, in shaking his hand, said, Remember, we have been to neither Uranus, nor Neptune, nor Cassandra, which may be as interesting as anything we have seen. Should you want to take another trip, count me as your humble servant. And Cortland, following behind him, said the same thing. Shortly after this Sylvia went upstairs to change her dress, and when she came down she and Ayrault set out on their journey together through life, amid a chorus of cheers and a shower of rice. Cortland then returned to his department at Washington, and Bearwarden resumed his duties with the Terrestrial Axis Straightening Company in the presidential chair. This is the end of a journey in other worlds. Recording by Tom Weiss